Hey everyone, welcome to the Esports Next podcast. I am thrilled to be joining as the host for season three along with my co-hosts. We are going to be interviewing speakers, sponsors, and attendees of the Esports Trade Association Conference in Chicago. So if you're looking to understand who will be at the conference and what they're all about, tune in, come join us. Welcome to another episode of the Esports Next podcast. I'm so excited to be here today with two of my lovely co-hosts. We have the lovely Lindsay, the boss, Poss, and we also have the founder of the Esports Trade Association, Megan Van Petten. Welcome, ladies, and I'm excited to have us interview our fabulous guest today. And who is that fabulous guest, you may ask? I know both of you were thinking that. Our fabulous guest today is Veronica Monell, who is the CEO and Chief Marketing Innovator at Jumpstart Now. Veronica, thank you for joining us today. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's really exciting. And this is actually my first podcast, believe it or not. First one. Yeah, first one. Overdue. Yeah, I've been told for a long time that I should be doing lots of podcasts. And yeah. well, you're starting me off. I like it. And uh, it's great to be here with all three of you. I will tell you, if somebody held a gun to my head and they said, John, how many podcasts has Veronica been on? I would have guessed way more than zero. <laughs> so nice. I would have been wrong. Nice. Well, we are, uh, we are blessed to be your first and we're excited to have you here today so why don't we start out tell us what is jumpstart now and then i'd love to get into this fabulous partnership that you have had with the esports trade association after over the last couple of years yeah sure well in a nutshell jumpstart now is a digital marketing agency and um you know i've i've been in the video game industry for a long long time uh, when I started my own business, it was actually initially a business consultancy. I worked with a lot of small businesses, actually over 500, believe it or not, different businesses. And I realized it was a really big challenge for them to implement my marketing strategy. So I pivoted into um, a digital marketing firm and I, I wanted to bring this forward-thinking approach that I was accustomed to in the video game industry to that marketing agency. So having said that, most of our clients that come to us want to do something different. They, uh, they are looking for change. They don't want just what everybody else is doing. You know, yeah. they want to be unique. And... Um, you know, we have also very traditional clients who just want to modernize, right? And then we have clients who are a little different and they want to do something different. So mm -hmm. I'm excited to work with them because they they trust in us to do some, to have new ideas. Like who, who doesn't like that? 
I'm okay. I'm an ideator, like in Gallup strengths, it's my second number two strength is ideation. So yeah, it's all about the ideas. And um, we've done some amazing new things for clients that they had never tried before. Um, 90% probably successfully, you know? Yeah. So that's really exciting. That's that's what we bring to the table. So we may not be for everybody, but the esports space especially is super interesting for us for that reason. I think that's incredible. I question for you because it's one thing to be well-versed in marketing, have a ton of experience, understanding, you know, all these different aspects and be able to implement those or advise a client on best practices. But when you're an ideator, you're coming up with things that haven't been done before. Yeah. How do you go about that? How are you inspired? How are you learning to then have your mind open? Part of it obviously is, you know, that God-given gift that your mind just goes that way. But what have you found to be successful to consistently inspire these new ideas that work well for your clients? Yeah, you know, what's, in, what's interesting about a mind like this is, you know, you look at obstacles and limitations as opportunities. And that already inspires like different directions. Yeah. You know, for example, we have a higher education client who is also in the esports space and trying to reach their target audience was really difficult for them. When we got on board, we're like, you know, we're not going to do what didn't work. So where could they be? And what are we missing? And hmm. so we actually introduced them to a whole new platform. And I'm telling you, like most companies have never advertised on that platform. We were able to get I mean, like hundreds of thousands of impressions mm. on that platform alone. And um, yeah, so I think, and they, but you know, the client got to be willing to make that jump with you and just say like, yeah, let's try this. We have never even thought about this. We've never done it. And we had never done it before, but we were willing to take the leap. And I think you know, that's what that is all about. In my team, I am very picky who is on my marketing team because if we want to be this type of agency, everybody on my team is strategic. So we are, we are a strengths-based team and they have strategy, heavy on the strategy in their top 10. And it's yeah. not like I picked them like that from their resumes or anything like that. It just happens like they fit really well in the team. And I have to say, we love this. So when we get a new client and we're looking at like all the different puzzle pieces, you know, I, I was uh, working out of a friend's home that I was visiting and I was in my, in the room and I'm on a call and I walk out after the call and she's like, oh my gosh, I have never heard so many people laughing and having fun while they're working. And I was really actually baffled by this. And I'm like, really? Like, we just have so much fun. And that's how we can be creative. I think that's very, very important to mm -hmm. be passionate and have fun what we do and also go out of our comfort zone. 
I love that. Yeah. I, I'll you just uh, quickly. I saw something the other day. It was a it was an ad for a watch company, and you know now everybody's got these smart watches, right? That and yes. So it's a traditional watch company that does not make smart watches, and they said check the time without seeing twelve thousand three hundred forty emails, and the person who posted it said make your limitations your strengths and i thought okay. so deep and it's similar i think what you're saying and correct me if i'm wrong of course but when you say looking at obstacles as opportunities right yes and how do i think differently about this thing and the fact that marketing is all about differentiation anyway i just love yes. the way your mind works yeah yeah and um you know I'm also an activator. So I have I think I have some really like lethal top five strengths. So I'm strategic ideation activator. So that also means like, yes, we have people on the team who are more like, okay, I need to know all that information. So that's why we are really good as a team. While I say, like, okay, let's jump off that cliff and let's do it and let's try it. Um and I think like also by having positivity, which is also in my top five, that means that, you know, even if you fail, there's going to be other possibilities and opportunities. Mm. You know, you, you're really positive about the future, you know, because, yeah, I mean, we have had a client before who we thought the campaign would work and it didn't work at all. We could not figure out what was going on. He didn't have a huge budget. So we didn't have, like, we couldn't leap off all kinds of cliffs, you know, um, right. but that happens too. But not, you know, our success rate has actually been amazing. Like benchmarks is what we live by. Um, and, you know, on top of that, like, it sounds like we're really freewheeling, but we are really data driven. So we have... In on the team, people who are high in analytical strengths. And so they have a very different mind. And so they, you, they look at what we've done and they dig into the analytics. Like what worked, what did we, what we're missing. And I love that we all have like a different mind, you know, right. because it just otherwise we're just like one trick pony right but it's like no we have the ideas we have the strategy and we have some we have people who say like whoa whoa well that didn't work or that didn't work as intended or that worked you know so um and then you know we look i actually love analytics i'm not the analytical person i'm the strategic person but data doesn't lie you know <laughs> Um, and yeah, so, yeah. And so I have super, I have a lot of fun with my marketing firm. I mean, that's probably one of the best, the most exciting things I have done. And I've done a lot of exciting things, especially in the video game industry. You know, I was in, and, you know, not surprising, I guess, now that I know my strengths, I was involved in a lot of firsts. So I was put on projects that everybody else was poo-pooing. They're like, no, who mm -hmm. wants that? That's never going to work. And I tried to figure out like how we could make it work and if it did work. And um, so lots of 
lots of first like first ebook first app first microtransaction on xbox live you name it the list is long uh but things that we didn't know at the time would work at all you know um yeah. And at the time that I came into video gaming, you know, we tried to figure out how to make money online. Yeah. You, you know what, though? I'm going to jump in here, Veronica, if I can. Please. Of course. Sure. <laughs> well, there's a couple things why your membership at ESTA is so perfect is what we're looking for these days is authenticity. And oftentimes, and I'm not saying you can't get them from the big marketing agencies, and I'm not saying I don't even know the size of your agency, but I do know how it feels in your agency because you did our marketing for us for our conference. And we feel like we're your only client. You and your team have gone above and beyond and you're very thorough. And it truly, you could truly tell that you've enjoyed your stay and you know you're continuing to enjoy your time with us so um pause you could probably get a little bit more into it but pause has <laughs> been the event chair and she was the one that really pushed for us to work with your agency for this event to create it like we never did before and start from scratch and it took us it took a couple of weeks but I thought it was worth it what do you think, Paz? What would you like to add to that? Yeah, well, what I was going to say is I actually really enjoyed the onboarding process that you've created. Um, mm -hmm. One of the things that I've been learning in the work that, you know, we do it with so many people and member-based organizations and just even the world at large is that onboarding is so important. Getting folks familiar with how you work and what you do is so important. So could you tell me a little yeah. bit about how you developed that um, and how you're able to welcome in clients that way. And I would love if you could frame it through the gaming industry perspective, um, like anything that you brought in from gaming that's helped you in that process. Yeah, you know, this was actually a really interesting process and it took, it took a lot of experience to put together. Um, you know, in video gaming for several years, I was in charge of publishing operations. And I'm not the processed kind of person, but I do appreciate a good process. Mm. And, you know, the onboarding process, we actually established because we felt that it was important that our clients understood expectations how we work, who we are as a team, and also most important, what we expect from them. We are not a transactional team. Like we become part of their team. You know, I remember um, our first high-tech company uh, when we were onboarding them, like I think they thought we could be in a silo, but we couldn't. Right. So we actually became part of their sales meetings and, you know, uh, executive discussions and all that. And they got so much out of this partnership. Um, you know, we pride ourselves in being a very smart, creative, but also kind team. Mm -hmm. And so we respect our clients and 
like you said, Megan, I really appreciate what you said that we make every client feel special and as if they're our own client. That is very intentional to us because it's important yeah. to us. And so we we also ask our clients to respect us and have a respectful um, relationship. You know, we, um, especially like in video gaming, you know, video gaming sometimes feels like you're on a roller coaster. There's just so many moving pieces and mm -hmm. things are moving so fast. And, you know, um, in video gaming, a lot of people work long hours together you know I remember one of my first days in video gaming I came in in the morning I was managing the European operations at the time so I had really early morning calls because of the time difference I walk in and like one of my colleagues was sleeping under a desk oh. yeah and I'm like okay so what are you doing <laughs> and she's like yeah you know we we were working with Nintendo you know we're having Nintendo is calling in from Japan some corrections and I have to be there when it's coming in I was like wow so we were very much a family um and I think like with every family that there are going to be expectations and rules of you know uh how we want to treat each other and um, mental health is really important to my team and to me as well. We talk about that a lot. And really the expectations and the onboarding has a lot to do with that. We, we tell you how we will treat you and how we'd like to be treated. Um, and also, you know, we need to tell them because we're a strategic team, which is very important to us, that... We have to learn who you are first. Mm -hmm. And we come up with ideas, like I said earlier. So, you know, a lot of clients probably don't have that expectation. And we ask them to have an open mind when we come up, when we come up with new ideas. We're not telling them that they must implement, right? But have an open mind. So usually during that onboarding, we can already tell how the how how it will go with the client because of their reactions to the onboarding and that's also one of the points um oh, yeah. and they yeah. can ask questions you know i remember how much we discovered our blind spots it was um <laughs> john we we were struggling for a minute a few times oh yes i swear <laughs> But it was well, very healthy. It was like, um, it was like family therapy, but you know, we're the, we're the, they say your work's your second family and we are like a family here as well. And, um, I don't remember the blind spots cause it feels like many moons ago, but I'm, but there were, there were yeah. big time. And I, and I'm sure you remember Veronica, but I truly don't remember, but I remember how I felt and I felt frustrated and I felt like this is really important. I'm glad that we're doing it. You yeah, know, one thing, um, Veronica, that is so fantastic about your group is you're a group coming from the outside of a company, right? Sure. And it's it's so easy to tell everybody <laughs> during this episode how fantastic you are because we are one of your clients, right? And so 
the esports right. trade association has just greatly benefited. Mm -hmm. I think that our marketing, our communication has greatly improved as a result of working with you. And I've worked inside some big companies. And a lot of times the challenge with working inside a big company is you can't see your blind spots, right. whether through willy, willful blindness <laughs> or you're just not aware of them, right? Like that leadership's got everybody chanting the mantra and you're believing it. And then you got to come in and be like, guys, it ain't as sunny as it appears. Or have you thought about this, right? Just different life experiences throughout the day. I'm curious to hear about how do you take that outside perspective and feel free to use the ACA as an example or not, but how do you take these outside experiences and then come into an organization and then also successfully sell them through to the leadership to, to generate buy-in? Um, yeah, you know, um, I think the onboarding goes a long way. You know, um, I often tell my client, the new clients that we're going to be asking you questions and we're also going to be asking you questions you probably don't have to answer for. And we need to look for the answer. Yeah. So that should prepare them for our process. Mm -hmm. I think a good strategic team should actually be somewhat of a disruptor. And that does not, I don't mean this in a negative way. And Megan, your, your reaction to it is not unusual. Um, because as we're asking questions, and especially, you know, for you guys, we prepare the strategic marketing plan. That yeah. is usually the project that gets executive teams like to look at their business from a different viewpoint because in marketing we have to be really specific for example like who we're marketing to how what are the values of the business what are we even selling mm -hmm. who do you want to be when you grow up you know and that's that's the and you know without that our marketing cannot be as good as it should be but a company who has not ever worked with an outside strategic marketing firm is going to have that kind of aha moment. And, um, you know, as an example, it was really interesting. We, we started working with this high-tech company that had been around for many years, multi-million dollar company. And um, they had never done the online marketing. Uh, so we started with their strategic marketing plan, and there were a lot of questions they did not know how to answer. But what happened, what I actually love, I love the story because we were able to create a brand for them exactly who they are. It took a while, mm. right? But it's like little by little, we got the answers, and they then took the questions that they couldn't answer back to the executive team. And more and more, we could see how they focus their services. Yeah. Which is always going to be successful, right? Because it helped their sales team actually to sell because it was much clearer what their message should be. And, you know, to me, in modern marketing, like we're not working in silos. The sales team, uh, the business development team, 
and the marketing team, which is really your entire team, has all these different functions, they need to all work together. The messaging got to be the same. Otherwise, you have all these different groups work in absolute silos and marketing says one thing and sales says another thing. And, yeah. you know, sales is selling something that business development can't support. I mean, it, it can get super chaotic. Uh, so we are a little bit of a disruptor for sure. Um, I'm kind of proud of that. We do yeah. it very diplomatically and professionally, yes. you know, because it's our client's business. It's not our business, you know, no matter okay. what, they have to make the decisions and they have to do with it what they think they want to do with that kind of information. You know, um, we have higher education clients who had never built a buyer persona. And that's how we started. Like, who are we even selling to? You know, it, it's never, the answer is never everybody. It's mm -hmm. not like that. Yeah. That's not marketing works. And we love buyer personas. I have not heard of anybody else who loves buyer personas as much as we do. We name <laughs> them. We get so detailed. And it just opens up all the possibilities. So um, I think like we, you know, that is the part, John, what you said earlier, that is, that is marketing, really marketing 101. It's building mm. a good buyer persona. And, yeah. you know, most, most organizations don't go through this because it's actually not as easy as you would think. Right. Because they want to believe that <laughs> it is everybody. That's not how that actually works. So we work with, you know, we have a higher education client and we have like 10 of their programs. Each one has a different buyer persona. Mm. And like, we just hone in and they have discussions mm -hmm. internally. Like, who are we really trying to attract into these programs? I have um, a question, have a question yeah. for you on that. With those buyer personas, you know, I remember when I was in business school, one one time when I was listening in class, um, something that's always stayed with me, the rate of um, inventors that um, do not succeed is very, very high, right? People invent something, they apply for a patent, they get the patent, and they try to create this new thing, right? Mm -hmm. And one of the most major causes of not succeeding is an inventor refusing to apply their invention to a different thing than the original intention. And mm. so an example is like, let's yeah. say um, I made these coasters, right? And I'm like, oh, the great thing about these coasters, they do X, Y, Z, right? And then a, a, a VC comes in and they're like, John, love it, but you know where I see a great opportunity is if you use these to instead target this market instead, right? No, that's not what it's for. My whole mission, my vision, blow, right? And I can tell you, if somebody tried to get me to change the mission vision of ESTA, it'd be a challenge. Let's say that, right? Obviously, yes. people mm -hmm. like Megan and Lindsay would be in the conversation. But <laughs> my whole point to say it in the most the longest way possible <laughs> is when you are creating these buyer personas, you're coming in from an outside perspective and you're helping yes. people by saying, Hey, this is your best opportunity, or this is your best positioning. And I'm guessing it's not always what it currently is. Right. Exactly. 
how do you effectively go about telling someone, hey, this needs to change and getting them to accept that? So there's two kinds of clients. So if you have an open mind and you trust the process, then you go down that route with us. Yeah. And it's really gentle. We're not being mean or anything. Yeah. You know, and we're asking questions. We're, you know, and, you know, to talk about our high, higher education client with all these programs, I remember being in these initial meetings with the program directors and they were loving the process. Like, oh my God, I never thought about this. Like, and maybe it could also be this person or this. And oh my God, we haven't even thought about. So they were excited about the possibilities that, because, you know, when they come to us often, they're like stuck or they, they're like, you know, we don't know how to grow this more or, you know, there's usually a reason for that. Now, sometimes they're like right on and sometimes they, they have overlooked things. Now we have had um, a client actually in the fitness space. Um, they're no longer our client. Um, and they had created this fitness program. They were very specific about who they wanted to target. And through the entire process. So we were not like, they pretty much told us who the buyer persona is. And we could not reach them mm. with the with the brand voice, with the with the messaging. And now we went back to them with like, we do not believe that this target audience is the correct audience. Mm. Yeah. So we don't but so I there was a disconnect between who they're trying to target target and and the cost actually of the program, the people, mm. they were super interested. They would engage, but nobody would buy. Well, I'll so, give you another example with that mm -hmm. point too, Veronica, which is very common, especially when you've got a service or a product that applies to a lot of people. I yes. was at a conference one time and there was a Q&A session happening and somebody said, raised their hand and they said, I have X product that everybody can use. So I don't have a target market because it's everyone. And the mm -hmm. response was, if you're targeting everybody, you're targeting no one, right? right. And so mm -hmm. sometimes it's not just, you're not targeting the right group. It's, you need to go more niche. You need to find the target yeah. market because even though you yes. could apply to everybody, you can't approach it that way. You've got to have a specific direct target to effectively engage. And then that can maybe broaden over time. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, a lot of, um, well, not a lot of, but some organizations believe if you have a very focused target group that you don't reach anybody outside of that target group, which is completely mistake. It's not Good point. true, Good point. right? Yeah. Like if you're targeting a certain demographic, a certain target group, there will be others outside of that target group. Mm -hmm. Think about think about fitness, right? So if your target group is, you know, uh, Wait, fitness, you know, middle class, blah, blah, blah. 
Okay, Forget about so- fitness. What about you did with us? I mean, you turned our social media hasn't <laughs> yes. been the same. Let's talk about what we did right here. Fitness. Yeah, but you know, like sometimes, like for example, like let's let's take esports. Like you know, um, you have a certain target uh, audience. You know, right. we did create buyer pers- a buyer persona. That doesn't mean that you're not that you are not also attracting with your marketing people who want to be like that target audience. Exactly. That was the neatest part that we explored because POS and and POS led this and and your team, Veronica and John and I kind of cried through it a little. (laughs) I'm joking, but but there's a, a, a slight truth that we had to shift a lot of the mm-hmm. way we were messaging and we don't yeah. talk the talk we walk it and we're walking it we are a different right. voice than we were before we brought you on so who oh, should come to our amazing. conference it is amazing <laughs> so it's, so it's do amazing. you remember who you told us do you remember the persona for us who comes to our conference and who should come i mean it was a minute it yes. was a minute ago okay yeah well, yeah, no, it was like we talked about like it was um we targeted B2B. Yeah. Right? Um executives. Mm-hmm. Um and that doesn't mean that on, that not only executives would come. Right. You know, everybody right. who wants to be in the esports industry who wants to maybe meet executives. That's what I was going to say. Uh, and yeah. influencers or wants to be an executive at one point or believes that even his or her brand their brand um has a space in there um and they they like that space right so you're by targeting actually and being very focused you have a much clearer message to also everybody outside of that focus group um and, you know, we worked a lot also like on messaging and things like that, that we always have to remember. And because we work with so many different clients, you know, my team often goes back actually to the strategic marketing plan. It's like, are we still talking to that audience? And are we messaging the way that we intended to message? It was so helpful for us to walk through that too. Um, And it was really great. It actually, it really did actually help us frame the messaging that we're using this year for eSports Next, um, which was super, super fun. But I want to be very cognizant of time and let John Davidson do his his wrap of questions here um, so that we can uh, all move on. Veronica, thank you so, so much for sharing all of your insights today. It's been wonderful. Absolutely. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you, Lindsay. Uh, Veronica, I, I think if I were to come up with one very last question and take your time answering it in any way you'd like, is simply, if you were speaking to the audience who was considering, should mm-hmm. I attend the Esports Next conference August 20th through 22nd in Chicago, what would your answer be and what would your reason be to attend? Yeah, I think it's actually really easy for me. I'm personally a networker. I learned more during networking. I actually used to give workshops on networking, (laughs) believe it or not. Um, You know, you learn so much from other people. And 
if you want to be part of the esports industry, you want to learn more, you want to meet people, you want to meet the people on the panels or the sponsors or you guys, like that's the place to be. Like they will walk away from the conference being more educated about esports, having made some amazing connections for business or job or whatever that is. Um, and also the insights about the state of the esports industry and what's coming up and what are the panelists thinking about the future of esports. I think that's super important. Um, it is definitely the industry event to be at. So, yeah. Yeah, thank you so much. We do strive to make it that event. And you have greatly helped us in communicating and marketing, not just the event, but the association in general. And I, I think with the sponsors who are attending, uh, the speakers who will be there, the subjects we have the opportunity to shine a light on is really a reflection of you and your group's fantastic work, um, working so well alongside the ESTA team with folks like Lindsay Poss here and, and Megan Van Petten. Uh, last thing here so that we know, so people who are listening know how to follow you in ways that you would like them to. What are the best ways for people to connect with you and follow the work that you're doing? Well, I'm in social media, right? So it's social media. LinkedIn is my platform. I'm on LinkedIn all day long. You can always reach me through Messenger. It's easier to message me on LinkedIn than email me. Like with everybody, their email inbox is crazy with things that we probably don't need to be paying attention to. Um, you can also come to our website, jumpstart-now.com. But LinkedIn, Veronica Monell, there isn't any other Veronica Monell spelled like my name. So you should easily That's a benefit. find me. Yeah, that is a benefit. You Veronica with a K, Monell, you know, <laughs> find me on LinkedIn, message me, uh, connect with me, message me. That's the easiest way. Wonderful. Well, we so appreciate your time, not just on this podcast episode, but every week when we have the opportunity to meet and learn with you. So on behalf of our founder, Megan Van Petten, our event chair, Lindsay Poss, thank you, Veronica, so much for joining us today on the Esports Next podcast. Yeah, thank you. And thank ESTA. I appreciate it. <laughs>